Thanks for tuning in to episode number five, aka Mambo number five. Today, I sit down virtually with Matt Haycox. Matt has worn the t-shirt, made the t-shirt, sold the t-shirt, bought it back and resold it for a profit. What this man does not know in business is not worth knowing. Uh, Matt gives us a fantastic insight and some golden nuggets into business and entrepreneurship. Uh, the, uh, at the ripe old age of 27, uh, with a one-year-old and a wife, uh, Matt was living a lavish lifestyle and uh, multiple businesses until it all came crashing down and hitting where it hurts, including owing £45 million. Matt's built himself back up. He's got uh, uh, multiple businesses now and is a very, very successful and inspiring man. I'm truly, truly blessed to have had a chat with him. So stay tuned, buckle in, and welcome to episode number five. Right, guys, we're rocking and rolling again. Another podcast session today. I actually feel very lucky. Uh, I reached out to this uh, this chap, and he accepted the invitation. He's come on today. His name's Matt Haycock. Uh, I'm sure uh, his, uh, his 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 background and his ins and outs. He's, he's in he's in, uh, in 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 the internet. Uh, he does podcast, Instagram. Um, man of many, many talents. So I'm going to kick it off. Matt, introduce yourself. Tell us a bit about who you are, what you do. How are you doing, Andrew? Well, thank you very much for having me. Um, so, so I guess my, my business journey goes back to, uh, well, I guess I, I was first in business uh, in when I was 18, 19 years old. My, uh, I mean, the, the first, first business I actually worked in was a family business. My father had a corporate clothing company. Uh, he was... Well, he was an investor in it at the time, and it, and it was a business that was going very badly. Um, and that was that was my first proper job, if you like. I mean, pr- prior to that, I'd always wanted to I'd always wanted to be in business. Um, you know, I, I didn't really know why, other than that, I guess I came from a business family, um, and I and I wanted to make money. You know, I, I didn't know what businesses or what businesses I was going to do. It wasn't like I had a particular passion for a you know, for a particular field, but I just knew that you know I wanted to work and I, and I want I wanted to make money. Uh, and at the time, my dad had invested in this corporate clothing business. I was supposed to work there in sales, um, and uh, you know, from day one, the business was a disaster. Uh, and my dad had very much taken the back foot. Uh, he, you know, he was kind of retired at the time, and this was supposed to be a passive investment. And I was this, I was this kind of snappy, aggressive, you know, kind of cocky eighteen-year-old that was coming home for dinner every night, saying like, "Dad, this is wrong. Dad, that's wrong." And he was just like, you know what, I, I kind of don't care. I've, 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 I'm tired. I've, I've had enough for now. And, and after months and months of me, you know, giving him grief about this, my my mom finally turned around to him and said, you know, like, David, you know, you've just got to let him let him run with it. And my dad basically turned around and said, you know what, kind of do what you want. You can't make it any worse than than, than the existing <laughs> management team have done. Uh, and I kind of went in and, and basically fired everybody the next day. Um, and started that business from scratch, and you know I always call I call it my uh, my training ground really because over the next three years that business went went from losing say three hundred grand a year when I first got involved to at the end of three years making like a thirty forty grand profit. And while the numbers in in isolation may not be overly exciting in that you know it was a thirty forty grand profit for me what it was was the fact that I was 
delivered every possible problem you can ask for as a business owner in my first business on day one. You know, we had customers that wouldn't deal with us because the uh, the um, service had been so bad. We had suppliers that wouldn't deal with us because they'd never been paid. We had no staff morale. We had no procedures, no uh, no organisation, no infrastructure. Everything was a disaster. And uh, and I guess, I guess I got to I got to cut my teeth with everything all at once. So you learnt the hard way D- during this period. Were you were you just sort of were you were you winging it? Were you taking advice? Were you reading books? Hundred um, percent. I've I've always been a reader. You know, I mean, yeah, ever since I was a kid, you know, twelve, thirteen years old, you know, I'd I'd, I'd read uh, read business books. Um, I mean, we didn't have podcasts and stuff back back in that day. Uh, but you know, always read books. Always you know followed other people. Um, but um, you know, I, I never had an official advisor. Certainly, never had a mentor. Uh, I mean, I mean, that's you know, that's something I talk about quite a lot today. You know, when when up and coming entrepreneurs or you know people who want to start a business, you know, ask for some specific pieces of advice. And something I always say is is to try and get your hands on a mentor or as many mentors as you can as quick as possible. And, and really, that you know applies to whether you're starting in business. Or, or, or late in business because again you know something that I feel quite strongly is that you know maybe it's a British thing you know because we you know we don't like to ask for help or, or, or to admit the help but um, I think that there's, there's almost this um, belief this complete misconception that when you go into business uh, that's it you're in it and you know everything and you know and if we use the sporting analogy you know you would say someone like Roger Federer may be the best tennis player in the world but what does he have around him? You know, there's, there's no uh, admission of weakness by the fact that he's got coaches and mental coaches and nutritionists and all these people around him. You know, he has all these people around him to bring out the best in him uh, and, to, I guess, to help him with the things that he doesn't know everything of. Uh, but in business, that concept, you know, does, well, I say it doesn't exist. It does for, for, the, for the minority. But you know, I think there's a big ego problem that yeah. you think if you ask for help in business, it's an, it's a real admission of failure where, you know, the reality is if you start in business, you know, why, why would you possibly do everything? I mean, particularly when it comes to problems in business, obviously, you know, part of my story along the way is the fact that I went bankrupt, you know, quite spectacularly bankrupt, both in, in one of my, well, in all of my businesses at the, at the time back in 2008. And also for me personally, now how could I ever expect to have the, the knowledge of how to deal with a bankruptcy if I'd not been through it and hopefully no hopefully very few people would have to go through it yeah yeah no you're absolutely right I think it's the competitive nature of individuals I know you know when you're at school and you're the quickest or the smartest or the strongest you you often sort of don't look to anybody else for any any advice or do this and do that and I think that's the mindset of people when they go through it it certainly was mine as an individual when I was a a young budding estate agent when I was in London thinking oh I'm the best and I can do it um, but lo and behold you get a quick sort of reality shock don't you when all of a sudden you've got the responsibility of other people marketing ideas operations and you're absolutely right you, you can't be you can't be uh, the the sort of the jack of all trades, can you? You can't do it successfully anyway. I don't think. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I guess you can be a, a jack of all trades in terms in terms of rounded knowledge, but yeah, but but, but cer- certainly not in terms of, be, of being an expert in any one of those things. And you know, yeah, I mean, I've I've always considered myself you know pretty pretty rounded in in, in most areas of business, uh, yeah. and you know, and I think you know, as new technology and new strategies and things come come out, you know, in today's world, you know, I still like to put the time in 
to learn and understand them. Yeah, you know, let's for example, I don't know, SEO. You know, I mean, I, I have I have a full time team that work work for me with in my marketing doing SEO, pay per click, this, that, and the other. Mm. Um, but but this morning I jumped on a video call with with, with the, you know with my head of department because. Uh, you know, there's a new piece of software, well, not a new, but there is a piece of software that these guys all use to to do the analytics on on the uh, pay per click on the SEO, and I wanted him to run run through how to how I use and read this software. Now, in my role, I'm never gonna. The reality is, I'm never gonna. No. But I just like you know, I like to have enough knowledge in every area so that no one can pull the wool over my eyes, or yeah. that I think it help helps me pull pull all the parts together. So you know, social media. I know a fair whack about YouTube. You know, I could talk to the layman very, very, uh, what's the word, in great depth. Yeah. But I still have, you know, a YouTube expert who manages my stuff for me and that, and that I can turn to for help. Yeah, I think it's an interesting point that you're making there because I think from the outside in, I, I, I we've never met before, but I, I follow you on social media and you, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're obviously a successful business person, which uh, if anybody's in business, they should look up to successful business people as inspiration. Um, but certainly when I, uh, you'd have to excuse, you might hear some screaming in the background. I'm, I'm doing this podcast at home and it's not natural um but uh when you know when i when i look at the likes of you uh, it, it's easy for people to think oh you know he's sitting there he's doing videos with their celebrities and he's got people around him doing it but it's very interesting that you say you were on a call this morning listening to a bloody webinar or whatever it was about seo i mean it doesn't sound particularly riveting to me but you know, <laughs> I, I think it's just interesting that people have a perception of business people and that's why i want to do this podcast really was to speak to people who are, who are business people so you get an understanding that actually you've got to put you've got to put the hours in you've got to put the work in it's not i think there's a balance of yes there's a, a an element of having a brain and um, but there's also being able to work hard and being able to work smart would you agree 100 percent. i think what, what i'd also say uh, when you know a minute ago you mentioned the fact that people might look at me and say oh well it's easy for me because i've got got this team around me but but there's, but there's nothing that that team can do that that you know anyone listening to this can't ultimately learn to do themselves and everything really it comes down to a balance between time and money um and yeah you know, most of the strategies particularly when it comes to marketing and social media you know they're really about um about quantity of content you know okay yes yes you need to have uh good knowledge of your field and yes you know there needs to be a certain degree of quality to your content but ultimately most of these things come down to down to the resource you know, to, to be able to put out enough volume of content yeah. And, uh, you know, ultimately, I have a team around me because I, I have a business or businesses that are at a level of success. Therefore, my time is, is, is better is better used to do something else. I don't I don't say that in, a, in, a, in an arrogant way. Uh, but what I mean is if, 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 if I was a startup business and therefore not making not making money uh, in, in any other particular areas of the business, then I've got all the time in the world to be devoting myself to myself to creating the content yeah uh yeah and and as your business grows then 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 you need to make that call between can i make more money by spending my time generating sales or is it actually cheaper for me to for me to pay someone else to do it but that said whatever i do you know every field every area that i have someone else doing something for me i still have a hand in that in in in, 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 in some way shape or form you know no, nobody i don't hand the budget over to an external marketing agency and keep my fingers crossed so that at the end of the month we're going to have some success you know i'm intricately involved in every single area every single area of the marketing of the business 
Yep, I totally agree. Well, look, there's absolutely no excuse. We're in we're in the digital age. There's absolutely no excuse to not be able to do anything from mar- you, you don't have to have lots of money to market your, your business anymore. I mean, going back before I, you know, I was ever involved in, in business, you had to pay for newspaper advertising, television advertising. These were the only sort of ways ways out there or, or certainly direct mail. Uh, and then email came along and you know, now we've got social media, which is total game changer. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm doing a podcast uh, sitting at home. Uh, I've, had to, I've had to move into my lounge because my, my wife's working in the kitchen at the minute. Uh, and, you know, it's cost, it's cost me nothing. Uh, okay, this is for a different purpose. But I'm also doing things like this for my business, interviewing local business people. It's not costing me anything. Facebook's free. Uh, Instagram's free. LinkedIn is free. Uh, YouTube is free. Unless you can pay for it all, of course you can. So I totally understand what you're coming from. And, and, and yeah, uh, uh, there's a, a very... Um, uh, sort of famous uh, businessman over in America, Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, lots and lots yeah. of people listen to him. You can't, you can't avoid not listening to him. Uh, but if you look back when he was working in his dad's wine company, he was doing the YouTube videos. He was uh, videoing them, doing the interviews, uh, you know, post-production and pre-production. He was doing it all himself. He's got a massive team now, but he did it all himself. It's not an excuse. I think that's that's the point, isn't it? Mm. It's not an excuse to do it just because you you can. And I think it's also important to understand as well, you know, with a lot of the social content, you know, particularly particularly things like YouTube, is that money may assist, but it it, it certainly isn't a guaranteed super fast route to success. You know, uh, I mean, I I did a YouTube live the other night with the guy who helps me run my YouTube channel. And we we got into quite a few of these questions. And ultimately, you know, the the success in in YouTube or, or the success in Insta, you know, the success in any of these social platforms, kind of you know comes in the long tail, and the, and and there is no shortcut for that. You know, the videos I put out in in day one, in week one, and month one were not popular videos. You know, month two was a bit popular than month one. Month six was more more popular than month two. But ultimately, mm. you know, I've got the the level of success I've got now, which is tiny, microscopic in terms of in terms of where I want to take this to, uh, mm-hmm. but I've got it because I've put two years of graft in. And yeah. a lot of people like, I mean, I've been doing an Instagram live every night during lockdown, and I'm hopefully it's something I'm going to keep the discipline to do even after lockdown. But you know, the questions that people always ask are really you know hacks and quick fixes. And yeah. Someone was saying on the, on my IG live the other night, well, you know, I don't have time, and you know, what what, what you know, what are your techniques to, to to do it quicker? And I was saying, listen, I do an Instagram live every night for an hour. How can I do that quicker? I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's a, if I'm doing it between the hours of nine and ten every night, then it takes me an hour, and I've had to make that decision and make that commitment to you know, to, to, to put that out to put that hour into it. And you just therefore need to decide if you want to give up an hour's Netflix. Or you know, and I was you know twiddling your thumbs or or, or whatever because mm. I, I I say it's, it's semi flippantly, but I accept that we also have have other priorities like well I want to play with my kids or or, or whatever it may yeah. be. But ultimately, everything comes down to you know to a balancing act, you know, to to, to, yeah. to a decision of priorities, and uh, you just got to decide decide where you want to be. Yeah, totally agree. I think it's fair to say I was having a chat with someone yesterday who, uh, in the height of one of his businesses, was uh, was was hand, hand making garments for Rio Ferdinand, Cristiano Ronaldo gigs, uh, and then within five years of that business, uh, was was having to pay for uh, chicken in Tesco and put it through as a lemon. 
you know, it was an absolute bottom. And then it spent two years uh, going around delis around uh, Leeds and West Yorkshire, uh, trying to uh, wholesale sandwiches. This was the next business idea. But what people didn't see, because now, you know, 10 years on from that, he runs a very successful uh, wedding events company. What people don't see is at the beginning, two years, he was door knocking uh, delis going, mm. you know, I can, I can, I can undersell other people by 2p and things like that. So, uh, you know, I, I, as somebody in business who looks for, for inspiration and, and who's gone through the process of, well, how can I do that? And how can I do that? I think ultimately what I've learned, what I'm learning is there is no quick fix. It's so easy to say that, but there is absolutely no quick fix. I know I started following you and I was, I watched your first YouTube video and then your second YouTube video and I saw, and I've seen the difference and, and, and you can see the effort you put in. But I think there's a reason why there isn't a huge amount of very, very, very successful people. If it was easy, exactly. we'd, we'd all be doing it, wouldn't we? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, for the same reasons that, you know, there's, there's a very few number of super successful football players, tennis players, anything else. You know? I, mean, I mean, yes, okay, there's, there's always an element of natural, natural talent or, or, natural, yeah. or natural skill in something. But even, even with that natural talent, you, st you still need to put... Oh, you know, just to, lost to put my effort there. We're just going to... We're going to... Unfortunately, we had a very brief uh, cut off there from our uh, Wi-Fi signals. What a bloody nightmare. Anyway, we, we jumped straight back on with the conversation and then uh, we picked things right back up where we left them. Success can't come without paying a price, you know, yeah. without, without, without putting effort in uh, and, yeah. and without being able to you know, be prepared to do the things that other people aren't going to do. And uh, mm. for, I think for me, the, uh, the analogy is the same with sport in that, you know, why are there so few successful business people well why are there so few successful football players or tennis players because ultimately it doesn't matter what your natural skill is there's always someone who's prepared to work harder than you you know try try more than you and, and go further than you and it, it's, it's no different in business yeah definitely look i do want i do want to i do want to just pick out a couple of points in your life and, mm. and career that, that i'm hoping will, will give some value but before i do that just while we're talking about that what would you give you obviously give out so much advice. I'm sure so many people ask you this all the time, Matt. I know that you're you're very forthcoming with your advice and your tips and your hints. But for anybody who's either starting a, a small business at the minute, or and let's just take the Corona situation out of the out of the equation, if we can, anybody who's either just starting a small business or wanting to do a bit of a side hustle, what what sort of advice would you give to them? I'm sure there's many many things you could say, but in a nutshell, what, what's your best piece of advice to them? I mean, look. Personal branding is something that is very much a buzz a buzzword of today, um, and and whilst you know whilst those words didn't really exist you know two five ten twenty years ago, you know I do very much put put my success down in a big part to both networking and what I would call my personal brand, um, but you know in a time when that when that word didn't even exist, if you like. And yeah. uh, I've, I've always very much been about getting myself known uh, in you know in the areas um, or or the audiences that I want to get known in, and then making relationships with the people that I know are worth me making relationships with, with with potentially no expectation at that point other than making a relationship because I know that they will be good for me at some point and. Hmm. It may sound mercenary, uh, but you know I, th I think it's only mercenary or it's only what's the word um, fake if if you can if you can hide hide behind that. So like a lot of the time, pe people will say to me, you know, oh, how how come you 
you know, you're friends with these various celebrities or these various wealthy people. They've stolen and, my question. Well, and I guess the answer is because, because initially I set out to make a relationship with those people, um, but I don't see it as disingenuous because I'm only genuinely, genuinely friends with the people that I'm genuinely friends with, if that, if, if that, if that makes yeah, sense. So, yeah, yeah. You know, m m maybe, I, maybe I set out to, you know, to meet whatever particular celeb it was because you know I thought that there was probably some value I could give to them and they could give to me. I didn't know what it was at the time, and maybe mm. we did do something or maybe we didn't do something. But... Mm. The what, but if you see me on Instagram or something now, was you know genuinely having fun with someone, that is yeah. because we've developed a genuine friendship from it. If, mm -hmm. if that makes sense, and and and, it, and it's it's just it's just the same with with, you know, with anyone I do business with or or or, or you know with with any, anyone I meet, you know, yeah. rich, poor, famous, not famous. You know, yeah. I think you know, we, we all we all go out there to build relationships to you know to, to ultimately you know do something better better and 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 create something better. But going back to your original question, um, you know, relationships, networking, build you know building your personal brand, i.e., putting an audience around you who who knows who you are, and then leveraging leveraging those relationships. Because and again, you know, you can't underestimate the value of partnerships, and and, yeah. and these these are things that I've learned not so much learned late too late in life, but probably didn't appreciate, or I think maybe old school ego kind of keeps you away from it. You know, like in the olden days, you know, I'd always very much think I don't want to have partners in any businesses, or I don't want to share this because it's either me giving money away or me giving a piece of the ego away. Yeah. You know, whereas now I very much look at you know how can I earn the most money in the shortest amount of time? And very yeah. often, you know that that will be doing partnerships with people. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a webinar on on uh, Wednesday this week, you know, with a mate of mine, where you know effectively I'll provide the audience and do the webinar. He'll provide the content and sell a product at the back end of it, and we'll divvy up the money. Yeah. Um, yeah. And these are things I would do. You know, in my in my early days, I don't think my ego would have ever let me do that. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'd have wanted to have have created the product done the webinar branded it myself and, and then yeah. the reality is i would probably just have never have done it because it, i'd be biting off more than I, more than i could chew yeah i mean it goes it just goes back to what you've been saying before and that is it's the long game you've got to think about the long game and look at the long game i, I was i was I'm, I'm obviously as you can tell i'm very interested in, in in successful business people and their their ways around it not the quick hacks but their their ways to get there and 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 somebody that i follow uh, talks about um, thinking about the end game first. So looking at the end game of a business, um, something that I've never, I've never, um, I've never done. Uh, something that I'm, I'm wanting to do, but he he he's a very. I mean, he turns over 13, 14 million pounds a year in his multiple businesses, um, and and I'm actually going to be getting him on a podcast, believe it or not, this week, which is great. And uh, he, he talks about this end game, right? Of of thinking about what do you want your business to look as if you're going to sell it. And I'm 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 keen to understand what he means by that, but I'm interested to see if you've got any concept on that. Have you got an opinion on, on what that what that means when you're starting? And do you have one? I, I mean, I guess I, I get, I'm very familiar with the concept, and, and and I do get it. I would say how how much I apply it, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I think that the, the application of that for me would be to understand in simple terms on day one if you have a business or if you've created yourself another you know, a, a, another job 
And, they, and that's something I kind of talk about regularly. You know, a lot of the time people say, oh, I've got this business. Well, it's not really a business. You know, it's it's a, a self-employed income for you. Uh, and, you know, because it's not scalable. Uh, it, you know, if you take yourself out of it, everything falls over. Um, so I would certainly apply the end game at the beginning that insofar as, you know, am I creating a business that fills a gap, you know, solves a need, solves a problem and, and can be scaled up? Mm. Um, and can it be sold in the end? Because, you know, it, you know what, what, what is my intention? Because obviously if I'm bringing investors in, I'm going to need to give them a return in, in, in one way or another. Um, and that's either obviously going to be from a dividend or a sale. So it needs to either make profit or it needs to sell. But I actually don't work on particularly long-term plans myself, you know, from, from a financial right. perspective, because I, I just, you know, I don't believe my crystal ball's that good. Um, and, you know, and, and really- The coronavirus can come and hit you and you have to change and pivot. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, even if we take things like corona out of, you know, even in, let's say, the normal world, uh, you know, 12 months is a very, very long time, particularly in today's tech world and, mm. you know, a world of changing appetites and, 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 and changing personalities. So, mm. you know, I mean, I don't, I mean, any business planning I do will be for 12 months. I mean, less, yes, when I deal with external funders, you know, they're always asking asking for three-year plans and five-year plans. And look, we do them because we, because we have to do them to, get, you know, to, to give to a funder or to give to an investor you know, to, to raise the money we want to raise. But mm. internally as a business, you know, I kind of chuck them out as, as, as soon as we've given them to someone because, you know, for me, working working anything longer than 12 months is lunacy. Uh, and, you know, I really tend to work in, in kind of three, six, nine months multiples. Interesting. Because people have their own opinion, don't they, at the end of the day, and everyone can work to it. I, I, I work in this in the same format um, because I, I agree with you in the industry that I work in, which is property, uh, can be very undulating. Um, so I, I totally appreciate where you're coming from. So let me bring it back to you. Just, Matt, just one thing, on. so, sorry, just one yeah, thing I'll say that as well, which I, I think is quite interesting as well. Is, you know, in a way, there are no right answers, uh, and mm. I think I think it's very important, you know, to 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 find methods and strategies and people that resonate with you. And and, and an example I've got on this is that there's a guy called Tim Ferriss. I don't, I don't know if you know Tim yeah. Ferriss. He's, yeah. he's the guy who wrote Four Hour Work Week and Four Hour Body. So he, he has another book which is called Tools of Titans. And don't hold me exactly this, but I think you know, the general premise, it's a big fat book, five, six, seven hundred pages. And the general premise is he went out there and got whatever the number is, 100, 500, whatever, 100, you know, ex experts in a particular, in, in all the different fields. Maybe they're inspirational, maybe they're financial, maybe they're um, nutritional, whatever it is. And you've got all these different experts and they've all written a page or two of their absolute, you know, finest piece of information. But what, and, and I love the book, but what I really found really interesting is that half of the book contradicts the other half of the book. Yeah, <laughs> Insofar in, in, in as, you know, if you ask Roger Federer how to do, how to do a forehand, what is the best maneuver, you know, best way to do a forehand, and, and I don't know if this is true, I'm using it as an example, but and then you ask Rafa Nadal the same answer, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if you got kind of conflicting answers. I mean, look, we all know that we need to move the racket from from downwards to upwards, but 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 the other bits of you know top technique there yeah. will be very personal to them. You know, it's yeah. like you know t t t Tony Robbins likes to get up at six in the morning and jump in an ice bath. Somebody else will tell you that they don't perform well unless they wake up at twelve o'clock in the afternoon. And it's mm. not that one's right and one's wrong. You know, mm. it, I guess it's about fi finding what works for you and what resonates with you.
Yeah, I, I, and this is this is kind of the, the the premise really of the conversations that I'm having because everybody is different. Um, I was chatting to to one uh, a successful uh, entrepreneur down in London called Patrick, who's got a number of uh, businesses, and uh, I asked him if he's got a routine. He's got a very specific routine, but he actually said I wouldn't I wouldn't say that my routine is 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 the route to my success. He said it's the route to my discipline, and without that routine, personally, I, I fall off the bandwagon. Uh, and and I was talking to another chap yesterday who's who doesn't have a routine, but his his route his his is sort of keeping on the right track is his faith. You know, he, he, he's a faithful person and he's quite religious. So, I I know I know that you're right. I definitely know that you're right in terms of you know for you finding your own thing. But I think it is you can pull things from other people. You know, whether it's writing mm. a list to try and get to the end of the day and make sure that you you conduct that list because not not everybody's the, the same. I, I I wasn't very good at school. I I definitely um, suffered from some form of uh, either ADHD or dyslexia. It wasn't proven, but I I, I didn't do very well at all. Um, and so, you know, the way that I listen and learn, I mean, I don't read books, but I listen to them. Uh, I listen to them on, on Audible. So I think it's very important to try and consume books. So everybody's different, you know, just from that, just from that, uh, that one example. So that's why, you know, that's, I think it's important. On that note, Matt, do you have a routine? No, is the honest. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I have a routine that's, that's, a, that's a clean, you know, this is how I plan out my 12 hours or 18 hours. I, I have, I have things. That I like to try, that I like to try and do, or think, things that I try and make my non-negotiables. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, something something that is very important to me at the moment, uh, and this isn't to do with Corona. I've been doing this anyway. Is, is, is I, I like a nice long walk at the end of the day. Uh, norm, you know, normally for a couple of hours if I can do it, at least right. for one hour. And on that time, I, I mean, I have the same kind of route I do, just because it it works where I am. But really, mm-hmm. it's just about getting out. I, I may listen to a podcast, I may listen to a bit of music or may even make a couple of calls, but it's just my kind of thinking time. Um, and again, however you choose to do it, I think thinking time is absolutely imperative to, you know, to, to solving your problems and growing your business. Um, just just that time when all the hustle and bustle isn't on, uh, isn't going on around you. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, I'm a big fan of saunas as well. You know, a, a sauna, steam rooms, hot and cold. And and again, that's so I tend to like listen to my listen to my podcast in the sauna. It clears my head a bit. Then you know, then I like an hour or two's walk, and and that, that's when mm. I do a lot of thinking. But I'm not. I don't have a particular morning routine. No. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get into getting up a bit earlier in the morning and going to bed earlier at night. Uh, but I've always been a night person, really. Uh, you know, yeah. and, and because I am a night person, it just means I, I naturally struggle to get up in the morning. Um, yeah. So you know, there's almost no point me trying to. I think if I tried to force a five o'clock start and an ice bath and all that kind of stuff in the morning, it'd be completely counterproductive to me because a lot of the time I've not gone to bed till one, two o'clock in the morning anyway. No. So I'm, no. I'm going to be, I'm going to be running on, running on fumes. That's a fair, that's a fair comment. And, you know, uh, I mentioned Gary V earlier, and people know he's he's, he's sort of uh, uh, he's, he's one of his main points is that you know you've got to you've got to put in the hours and work hard. And and, and there's no person publicly, I don't think, who who shows that he's working very very hard. Yet he also says that he gets his eight hours sleep. And I think that's a key mm. that's a key point to make. It's not everybody can work off for. I definitely can't. So um so from from 
from from uh, selling uh, garments, let's say, to having a strip club. We haven't talked about about the, the it was Wildcats, wasn't it? We haven't talked about Wildcats, yeah. but I don't think look, for anybody who who's interested in 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 the story, it's, it's quite incredible what Matt managed to do with the business of, of Wildcats. But I'm, I am conscious of of, mo- of moving the conversation on. But you went from Wildcats, went bankrupt. What what was that? What was that situation like for you? If you don't mind giving us a bit of an insight into how that felt for you at the time. <laughs> So, so long story, very, very, very short, was obviously whilst I had the clubs and the bars, during that time, it was what I call the time of easy money. Uh, you know, so, so all, all, you know, we're back in 05, 06, 07, lenders were dishing out money like sweets. And, and uh, you know, I guess I'd found a way to, uh, you know, find a way to borrow quite easily and use that to go on a, go on a bit of a funding spree, spending spree to, 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 to create a retail business, uh, you know, a finance business, you know, different kinds of leisure businesses. Um, and then 2008 hit, uh, we were completely overgeared. Our funders pulled, our funders pulled the plug, you know, um, spent spending decreased, turnover drops, and, uh, and, and we, we went, we went boss. I How old were you? Personally, I was 27 at the time. Uh, and I'd given personal guarantees on pretty much everything. There was no way in the world there was a deal to be done to, to, to you know to to settle people up to wriggle out of this. And we were I owed something absolutely astronomical, like forty five, forty six million quid, um, and um, and and I went personally bankrupt in September two thousand and eight. Uh, and you know I, I guess you know the story I, I tell if that is that um, in the run up to that. I had a daughter who was one. I was, you know, I, I was very much living the life. You know, had had the houses, cars, holidays, all all all, all the trimmings and everything to go with it. Um, and it just obviously fell 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 off a cliff overnight. Um, you know, I, I, I spent I spent a year in bankruptcy and then and then and then came out of that in September two thousand nine. I think it was. Um, and but you know, but effectively prior to that and then and then post that. Um, had to spend my, spend my time you know, rebuilding effectively from scratch. But whilst I, I call it rebuilding from scratch, um, I, I guess uh, you know what what I did have by that point was ten years of network, ten years of contact, ten years of ideas, and and you know, and, and relationships and investors, you know, and 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 and. Um, and I, you know, one of the questions that I always get asked around it is, well, you know, how did you? How did you keep your head up during that time? And for me, I, I don't really have I don't have a good answer for you, other than the fact that I I didn't say I had any choice. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I was 27, 28 years old. Um, you know, I could look at it with either hat on. I can say, on the one hand, I had a daughter and a wife I needed to provide for. I could look at it on the other, let's say, more selfish hand and say I was not a guy who wanted to be poor. Um, so, so, so sit, sitting in, sitting and wallowing in self pity was not going to get me paid. Uh, and I think I've always, as well, probably been good at taking my ego out of things. Insofar as um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very honest and forthright to tell my story, and I'm happy to tell as much of the bad days as I am the good days. Because, mm-hmm. because I think anyone who thinks the bad days don't exist and losing money on deals doesn't exist either has never done a deal or is lying lying on and and deluded. So it never yeah. it never really hurt my ego to um you know to to to, mm-hmm. to kind of you know go back and ask for help or, or have to start from the bottom. You know, I never ever felt like I'd 
I've had to go crawling with my tail between my legs, if that if that's the expression, to you know to to to, to yeah. go and ask for help for people because I'd never, I don't think I'd ever been uh, offensive or arrogant on the way up. You know, I I, I like to mm-hmm. think that I'm a I'm a decent guy, uh, and uh, you know I accept that not everybody's cup of tea, uh, but I don't think I've ever you know treated or certainly never intentionally treated anyone bad, whether that's on the way up or on the way down. So I never had any problem getting my hands dirty and getting out there and. Um, and I guess whilst a minute ago we were saying there's no quick routes to success, which there aren't, but when you've already got the when you've already got the basics in place and you've already yeah. put the hours in, then it, it then it can be quicker quicker second time round. Yeah, yeah, bit of a parachute, I suppose. Um, now, um, if any from anybody looking from the outside in, um, you if you if you delve you you can you can probably look at somebody like yourself as maybe a business consultant business investor the funding guru mm-hmm. um uh, tennis uh, tennis uh, i don't know whether you i don't know whether you play tennis or you pretend to play tennis no, I, it do. Does make no, me... I do play tennis i, lo- I lo- love my tennis not you do not, love not tennis. good enough so you... to get paid but i do love to play <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but, but I've, I've seen uh you you've got a charity which you by all means I'll, I'll, you know tell us about what, what it's all about um so you've got the the, the you run charities you've got obviously multiple different bits of businesses but it's not clear there's no you know it's not what is it what matt what what, what do you do i, I guess i guess <laughs> i always like i guess i describe it probably as i'm an allocator of i'm an allocator of capital and a builder of brands um <laughs> insofar uh, in, in, in as you know, behind behind everything I do has has some kind of financial or investment angle. So yeah. you know, I, I'm a I'm a funder of small businesses. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I do a lot. I do a lot more um, secure debt than I do actual investing. Um, but, and again, that's because I found what does and doesn't work for me. And you know, it, it's not really an effective use of my time and my capital to you know to to, to be investing in small businesses. You know, I've, I've done yeah. it. Uh, I won't say I don't still do it, and I'll never. Oh, I won't say I'll never do it again. But it's much, much, much more selective, really. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess you know, my, my own capital primarily goes into 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 secured debt deals. Um, I work with a lot of small businesses on an advisory capacity, uh, where, whether whether that's consulting, um, advising, you know, c- c- connecting. I mean, you know, quite a lot of the time I'll, I'll take equity in businesses um, because of the contacts that I can bring to the table. Um, but yeah, I guess, ultimately now, I guess you know my, my, the niche I've found for myself is is leveraging my contacts, leveraging my relationships, uh, bring, bringing secured funding to the table where, where necessary, and ultimately, I guess you know de- dealing in in sectors that I enjoy with people that I want to deal with. Uh, and I think I've you know, I've, I've made I've made many mistakes in the past dealing with people where my gut probably told me that it was wrong at the time but I've, <laughs> I kept going you know for whatever reason whether that was a, a reason of greed or a reason of just not 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 trusting my gut now so I think you know particularly on the on businesses that I'm going to be spending any kind of period of time with is absolutely paramount for me now to mm. you know, to, 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 to enjoy the people I work with and, and, and to trust them yeah that's fair that's a fair point um but lots of business people. In fact, I would say a hundred percent of successful business people that I've uh, read upon the stories or listened to their stories have always talked about uh, their their sort of their ups and their downs. I don't think there's anybody who's not had a down. And I think uh, I quoted this the other day, but someone once said to me when I was very young, I was a, a young salesman in London, and and I was six months 
in. I, I hadn't been, I was top negotiator. I, it was in an estate agency in the center of London working for a big, uh, uh, Foxton's was the company. I was top negotiator for six months in. And then I had a week where I didn't do any, any business and it really killed me. And I remember my boss turned to me and he said, look, your personality and the success of you will not be, um, not be brought around by when you're doing very well. And when you're on a high, it's when you're on that, that low moment. Mm-hmm. And so people always talk about that this low. And, and, and I think that for me is really important for people to appreciate. So it's, it's going to come at some point where if you're going to be in business forever, you can't be on this peaks and troughs of businesses. The point I want to get to is, do you, do you look at your, your, your moments of, uh, let's say the bankruptcy, for example, as, as an opportunity for you to grow and learn from it, or do you actually regret anything? No, well, listen, I, I won't say I don't regret anything because, you know, I, I think, yeah, in hindsight, there's probably always ways we could have we could have done something better, for, you know, even if it's nothing more than from a, from a moral perspective. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, but in terms of how do I look back at fa- failures, I am always the first to say, and I particularly believe this is a lender as well, that you only learn from the things that go wrong. Um because my belief is, look, if something goes right, oh great, it's gone right. You know it's gone right, but you don't, you don't really know why it worked out for you. Mm-hmm. Whereas, when, when only when something has gone wrong can you actually sit down and almost like analyze that journey and see why it went wrong, and therefore how how, how you can change it for the future. But if something went right, you don't really know if it could have gone better. Uh, if yeah. that makes sense. So yeah, I, I think uh, I, I, absolutely. Yeah, look, look at look at my failing. Look at my failings. Mm. Look at the bankruptcy and all the other things that go wrong on other businesses mm. I'm involved in as <laughs> as learning experiences and something to take from. And this is going to be this is a, a, a pivotal time for a lot of business owners like myself who uh, are going through this very strange time where you're having to pivot and be agile and maneuver and just make sure that you're not overexposed in certain areas and that you can keep your head above water. So you know, a, a lot of people are going to learn from this moment. But before I, I before I wrap things up, Matt, I've got something uh, I wanted to Ooh. ask you, um, Brian McFadden. Yes. <laughs> Right. Well, so what's coming? I just, I, 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 you know, I, it just came to me, right? So I'm watching you on Instagram because let's be honest, you post everything on Instagram. So you, there's nothing to hide. <laughs> Brian, Brian McFadden, um, he, he, I think he, he was, at, uh, he was doing a, he, he, he was a singer at one of the charity events that you, you put up because you do a lot of charity things. Next minute, yeah. Matt Haycock's 40th birthday. You're drinking vodka out of Excuse a penis. Excuse me, 39, 39. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say 30. So it's your 30th birthday and you're drinking vodka uh, outside of, uh, of, uh, of an uh, as a, sculpt- a sculpture. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, Brian's there singing. So is this, this is one of your friends, is it? Yeah, br- 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 Brian's a friend of mine. I, I, met, I met Brian a couple of years ago in a, in a, in a charity golf tournament, actually. Uh, we, 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 we played a four ball of golf, golf together, which is something I think, you know, Brian's tried to forget. I mean, he's, he's a, he's an avid golfer, fantastic golfer, actually. And, and I mean, golfing is completely his life. Um, and, and, and he had to, he had to witness me ha- hacking my way around this four ball with him, uh, in, in Spain. We played in Marbella in Spain. Uh, and we, 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 we met, became mates, um, and Brian, I'm good friends with Brian and and his and his fiance Danny and um, yeah he's he's performed at a couple of my charity dues and he, he was he was he was at my birthday last year in Manchester so uh, he um, it was just a I think there was thirty of us thirty thirty five of us we 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 were at a 
in a, in, a, in a hotel apartment drinking out of an ice penis and, and doing karaoke with Brian. So it was, uh, <laughs> as, as every 39th birthday should be, right? <laughs> it, it did, make, I must admit, it made me laugh. And that's what I like because you, you're not afraid to uh, put everything on a plate so everybody can see what's going on. Um, and also it's important to have fun at the same time. Um, well, I'm, I'm even prepared to come on this podcast with hair like this, you see. I'm, 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 there's, there's, no, there's no getting away from this. It's just going to come back mm-hmm. to haunt me. Matt, Matt, I'm not being funny, but if anybody dared take the mick out of you during this period, then all they have to look at is Lloyd Christmas's fringe. Uh, and that is me. <laughs> mine's better. Mine's but I did it for you, mate. I did it for you. I thought I can't, I can't outstage Matt Haycox on, on my own podcast. <laughs> um, look, let's, let me just finish off with something because I, I, I yeah. feel like I want to ask, I want to ask this question to everybody that I'm, 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 I'm speaking to my podcast. And that is just about books. I know that you're a big, um, you're a big reader. You've, you've quoted a couple of books out there. Uh, I, I only recently have started to consume books because I, I and I'll and I'll hold my hands up. I've never I've never read a book. Um, I struggled to read the Gruffalo to my three-year-old son. Um, and when I did my English uh, literature exam, the the note uh, luckily enough the book I had of my of mice and men it had the 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 pencil notes in it. So I, I didn't even have to read that book. So I, I use Audible, and I think it's important to consume books because you can and learn, and it can keep your brain ticking over. So two questions I've got for you. One, yep. uh, One, um, what did you think of Shoe Dog? Because I saw you've been reading that recently. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I enjoy Shoe Dog, and I actually made my daughter read it. Um, and it's funny. I, I try and make her read read quite a few books that you know I think will be suitable for her. Uh, but uh, you know she she, nor- she normally resists on most, but on most, but uh, but she, but she she enjoyed Shoe Dog. She even wrote me a book review on it. I like Shoe Dog. Um, what did I like? I always describe it as as almost not a business book, but but just an just an interesting story about about yeah. about as a businessman. I think anyone can read that book, whether you're a a business owner or wannabe business owner or not, whether you're a sports fan or not. I think it's just a it's just an interesting and inspiring tale, really. I guess mm-hmm. you're probably going to ask me what you know what takeaways that there were from it and. No, think, actually, uh, no, no, actually, I wasn't, Matt. I, I, that was a personal question. That wasn't for the benefit of the podcast. I wanted to ask you what you thought of Shudok because I've just okay. finished it. I was listening to it whilst you read it. I saw you put something up there. Uh, it took me a lot longer than you to listen to it. So that's how pathetic I am at book cons- <laughs> cons- consumption. Uh, but for anybody who's not read, it's the memoirs of Phil Knight, who's the, co- uh, the, the CEO, co-founder of Nike. You're right. So anybody yeah. who's who's not listening to it, then and that's that one. That's the other question I wanted to ask Matt was, uh, and this is for uh, perhaps for for a takeaway for anybody is just give me a top two or three books uh, for any any sort of uh, budding uh, somebody who wants to start a business or just be inspired. You know, I, I've I've always liked I've always liked biographical books or or, or, or autobiographical books, and, and and this is this will be a strange one because I know a lot of the time on podcasts, you know, when, when people people. Um, What's the word? Recommend books. You know, there's probably like a core staple of ten books that you know that, that, that appear time after time. It's almost like the fashionable thing to say. Yeah. Um, but what, what, what I'm going to give you one which is very old. Well, not very, very old, but as in twenty, thirty years old. But one that I'm guarantee you no one have read. But I used to love it, uh, which is called The Art of the Comeback. Uh, and this is and this is this is a Donald this is a Donald Trump book. So obviously, yeah, many people know the art of the deal, which was Donald's first book, and I yeah. I, I, I was a fan of it. Um, but the art of the comeback was, I think, the third one in in what was a trilogy almost at the time, and that was written around the time that he was going through his divorce from from Ivanka Trump. That the that all these casinos had gone bust, the banks were pulling stuff in, and it was all about the kind of deals he did to rebuild and, and keep his empire afloat. 
Um, and you know what? I'm sure Donald writes with some fantastic artistic license, no doubt. But you know, whether they're 100% true or not, I think you know what what they do do is just show fantastic creativity. Uh, and like I said, whether or not those specific deals he did were true, I don't know. But mm. what it what it does do is just open your mind differently into the, you know in, into the way that you know you don't just have to buy something by paying you, you know you don't have to pay a hundred grand to buy a hundred grand assets or you know it, there's, there's always ways to structure the deal so so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of that and i will chuck and i will chuck a second book in there that is probably more stereotypical for um you know for these kind of situations but i only read it recently Think and Grow Rich is a book that is uh, is always taught to you know any entrepreneur, any you know, yeah. financial guru, influencer. They always talk about this, and I actually only read this book about six months ago, uh, but for, for the first time. But what I found you know very interesting about it is that for a book that's about a hundred years old, it could not remain any truer to the, truer today, yeah. uh, and I think it will still be true in a thousand years time and ten thousand yeah. years time. And if you take the content of any of the, the great, you know, the great marketeers and great influencers of today, they are effectively yeah. repurposing the content of Napoleon Hill from from that book. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I would give you two completely different books, but if you have to pick two, I'll chuck those two out there for you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm certainly going to download them on my Audible, listen to them. So uh, I hope they're good. Um, Matt, thanks for uh, jumping on the podcast. Before you go, can you just tell... Yep. Can you just tell tell us where we can find? I mean, obviously, I, I'm following you everywhere, but where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, and I am either the Matt Haycox, T H E M A T T H A Y C O X, and the Matt Haycox on Twitter and uh, and Instagram, and I am just Matt Haycox, M A T T H A Y C O X on uh, YouTube and Facebook. But Google me, my website will pop up, all kinds of other stuff will pop up. And, uh, yeah, give me a follow and, uh, and, and drop me any questions. And uh, I always love hearing from people and, uh, and trying to solve a few problems. Shout out to Matt Haycox, mate. Thank you so much for jumping on. I really, really appreciate it. It's taken nearly an no, hour out of you. your Thanks time. Thanks for having me. Thanks, mate. <laughs> all right, buddy. See you later. Bye-bye. So there you have it. That is podcast number five with Matt Haycox. And genuinely, I feel like... Um, I could talk to that chap for hours. Um, the, what is inside his brain, I think, is fascinating in terms of business um, and uh, and entrepreneurship. His advice is, is just uh, incredible. And we didn't even talk about the funding element of it and growing a business from startup, etc. Um, so uh, you've got to you've got to follow Matt if you're not already, because I'm I'm sure you'll learn a lot about him. But thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. Stay tuned for the next podcast.